Let's shift gears. Let's move away from the indices. Some of the top stories that are on the minds of traders we get set for the cash open this morning. And to help us do that, we're going to talk commodities with Bill Brook. He's the president of Blue Line Futures. He's joining us this Tuesday morning. Bill, welcome. Thanks for sharing part of yours with us. Uh, we're off the highs from last week in, uh, uh, well, gasoline, Arbob. We were trading up around $4. Uh, the futures did. Now, the focus seems to be there for many. It's tied directly to the inflation pressures of the pump. And while this morning we're back down to three. 360 national average for a gallon of gas is still holding at record highs and, and continues to add to those inflationary pressures. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a one-way train, but um, I mean, four dollars obviously a little bit of, of resistance up there. Uh, I'm also looking across the board in, in you know crude oil, where the July contract, some of the, the closing highs, the failure highs back in March do align to bring some solid resistance around 112. And that's been a really tough one to kind of get through. Overall, though, I mean, we remain very bullish crude. I mean, you, you know, we've come on your your show for for a year or two now, <laughs> extremely bullish. I I don't think this is uh, this is done, uh, but there's definitely going to be times where we see the market pause. Well, I guess that was my next question here because oftentimes we talk about how Arbob leads gasoline, or I'm sorry, leads the crude, or crude leading gasoline. But either way, those two are very closely tied, not necessarily tick for tick, but with the Goldmans and others calling for $6 a gallon right now, you mentioned crude's kind of lagging a little bit. It's still holding below those highs that we saw up around 130, that geopolitical Russia invasion of Ukraine tension uh, spike high that we saw. But I, I guess the question is, is Arbob telling us that uh, we should expect those upper levels to be reached at some point? I certainly do. I mean, okay. you know, I, I, uh, I'm position long managing, you know, downside risk, of course, but a position long on the, my futures trading I'm doing. I'm overweight energy stocks and the wealth management that I'm doing. Um, you know, overall, though, I, you know, they say gasoline leads into Memorial Weekend, mm -hmm. and that's put yeah. a little bit up. So mm. you know, that's just historically speaking. This is this may not be historical times, you know, in, you know, relative to the past, but I, um, I, I think you want to be on the lookout for for any pullbacks that that you know breaks significant support and look at last week. I mean, you had a big big reversal of crude oil that actually held the 6.8 retracement to a T, uh, and then we had the the uh, inventory data was uh, you know big uh, jump in refinery refinery utilization, but you had also a really good draw in, in gasoline. So I mean, the demand is there, and and I think uh, I, I don't I don't expect this to be the typical uh, you know top Memorial Weekend. I, I think we could run into the summer a bit, especially you know as the EU pushes the gas on on the Russian oil embargo. You know, good point there in terms of the uh, big driving weekend that we're talking about sometimes, or maybe this is a bit of a premium as we head into that with refineries uh, definitely pinched here and uh, maxing out at this point, as you mentioned. Let's just take a quick look here. Crude oil. We looked at Arbob a minute ago and how, again, up and through that $4 level, it's uh, into new highs. But here's a look on the daily time frame. As mentioned, crude's lagging behind that move. Here it is. 130 we saw, if you remember, back on the 7th of March, I think it was. And uh, just taking a look at these two products together, here's what I was asking about. Crude in the purple line in this instance, it's kind of been lagging, unable to take out that 130 high. But this is what I was talking about, this run-up we've seen in Arbob into these record highs. Uh, many are looking, Bill, to refineries for relief. Is there any in sight? You know what? I, I increased positions in things like Bill 66 about a month and a half, two months ago. And uh, no, I, I mean, I, I hope these margins keep getting squeezed and, okay. and these, these stocks run up. But uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think um, I mean, there really isn't much of an end in sight right now. I, I mean, you hear the White House talk about SPR release. Maybe they're going to they're going to release heating oil, uh, diesel and and to relieve the market. But we could come to a point where um, you know, you're seeing countries like Indonesia that, that do not want to export their you know home homegrown crop. 
um, we could not export diesel. You know, who knows? I mean, so I, I this there's a lot of narratives that that really could start hitting and and be potentially more bullish. Um, I don't think the SPR released by the White House is is really helping. It's just you know maybe maybe a little bit of a you know political help. Uh, but it's not going to help the market. If anything, it's going to be a you know, bullish factor. Yeah, Russia, a, a major bullish factor here at this point in terms of refineries as well. If you're talking about uh, gasoline, let's talk a little bit about um, natural gas because you've got a situation there where there's been very little relief uh, for the most part. We talked about uh, Europe trying to establish energy independence, the U.S. trying to assist in that process, but prices remain extremely elevated. This is one of the things Christine Lagarde talked about yesterday as she was uh, commenting on moving from that negative uh, or to neutral rate environment into positive. I mean, this is a factor, a headwind, uh, something to consider uh, on both sides, whether you're talking about inflation or potentially uh, creating a scenario that she's making a mistake here and uh, uh, central bankers are moving a little bit too aggressively with this energy crisis. I gotta be honest. I I 100% expect to see $10 natural gas. Okay. However, I'm watching it from a from a distance right now. I mean, the, the market has some, some just some wild swings, and it's it's a real tough one to really to really manage. But um, you know, we 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 played it a couple times this year, and um, I, I do think we'll see $10 gas. I mean, I think it's like you talked about. Conditions are really tight. Um, the physical market is extremely tight right now, and and you know we're we're going to see. I mean, the people are talking about spreads on on selling the Dutch Dutch product and buying the U.S. product and. I mean that's 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 just that's kind of you know scares me a little bit to kind of talk about the risk the risk control and something like that. But um, I, I do expect natural gas to you know continue to to find a path of least resistance higher overall. Though there's going to be days where this thing's down a dollar. So I mean, if you're yeah. trading it, you know you you need to know what your risk you know mismanagement strategy is on something like that. And, and for me right now, I mean I just I just feel like you know if you, you know, volatility is pretty high, options are pretty expensive. Uh, but, you know, if I can find something in there that, that gives me upside exposure, I, I usually try to take it. Bill, I think those are uh, words of wisdom here in terms of that. Uh, well, you're speaking to the intraday volatility. I mean, as I look at it yesterday, we're talking about more than a dollar's worth of range, 785 up to 882. OK, just shy of a dollar's worth of range. Now that I look at it, 785 up to 882. But as we're nearing this nine dollar level, we always talk about how things get a little squirrely as you near the highs and uh, the lows, but especially the highs. Take a look, though, as you can see, you're calling for the ten dollar level. You can see, well, at one point, uh, I remember natural gas back in 2005, up around $15. Uh, the end of the year it was, beginning of uh, 2006. So uh, still, again, kind of in the middle of the range where we have been historically. I remember where they were talking about kind of uh, burning it off and basically giving it away uh, as it was near these yeah. uh, historic lower levels, if you remember. Um, let's talk a little bit about the influence China has on all this, whether you're talking about the demand side or the, uh, uh, you know, um, well, on a positive note, if things were to recover or demand side on a negative note, if uh, COVID lockdowns were to remain. Yeah, now this is the topic I'm really focused on right now. I mean, okay. China's, China's coming out of, out of lockdowns but they're they're going to do it advantageously for themselves. I mean that's I mean Shanghai slowly re, you know reducing curbs, but now you got Beijing with with an uptick in, in virus. Um, are they going to start curbing Beijing? And you know what? I mean right now we're in a cold war. Let's be honest. And and China's going. They're what they're doing is pressuring the West with inflation, supply chain bottlenecks, and it's advantageous for them right now. And you know even last night they they did do uh, some stimulus measures, but overall it was seem underwhelming. They they cut the uh, five-year mortgage rate mm -hmm. Thursday mm -hmm. Friday. That that's sort of underwhelming. They're not coming out necessarily and just doing anything quite yet. But what I'm really paying attention to, you know, is what the currencies are doing. And the Chinese yuan has strengthened against the U.S. dollar since the Shanghai lockdowns are starting to kind of pull back a bit uh, and, and reopening. And that's I think is extremely important. So what I'm watching and how can I trade it? 
U.S. dollar index, which does not have the Chinese yuan exposure, of course, but the U.S. dollar index ha has given you a little bit of a head and shoulders top. Um, and, and my narrative for a while, I haven't tried being short the U.S. dollar index at all, but um, you know, overall looking for it, it, it does top in the onset or early stages of a rate hike cycle. And the goalposts have continued to be moved a little bit. So I don't want to shift gears too much, but I, I think China is extremely important on this overall narrative. But you're, you, in the start of this conversation, you mentioned, or in your, in your warm-up, you mentioned uh, Esther George, Kansas City mm -hmm. Fed president, mm -hmm. as well as Bostic, the Atlanta mm -hmm. Fed president. George is a voter. Bostic is very influential. Is very influential. They're both talking about maybe you know two percent being the the hike. Um, you know where they may pause. So June and July get 50 basis points, maybe a pause. If they don't move the goalposts anymore, all year they've been moving the goalposts. If we don't see those goalposts get moved, the dollar will top. And I do expect that to trade lower. Now, I, I think there's also other interesting trades here where the copper, you know, you have China reopening right now. Copper has not broken the $4 level. Um, the CME has also released micro coppers, which gives you an ability to really kind of uh, build into a position, which I, I love. I've been using those. And there's a nice inverse head and shoulders on copper. You have an inverse head and shoulders on the 10-year futures. You also have an inverse head and shoulders on the Japanese yen, somewhat on gold. So all of these assets are really lining up as you get the head and shoulders top in the dollar. So I, I see a lot of opportunity here. Now, this is this move has played out quite a bit here over just the last three or four days. And it, it obviously aligned with China, you know, now it's in the Shanghai reopening. So you don't want to start chasing things. We're actually running into a bit of resistance right now. But this could be a sustained move higher in uh, the commodities or the yen or the 10-year or the uh, futures. Uh, but what it would be is a, is a move in the U.S. dollar index down to about 101. Uh, so another, you know, another one percent. Now, Fed Chair Powell does talk today. I think it's around noon or so. Pay attention to what he says. If he reiterates what Esther George says, what what Fed Chair, uh, what uh, Atlanta Fed President Bostic had said, then then we could see the dollar sell off. We could see uh, rates come in pretty sharply. The ten-year futures rally, and you get a move in commodities, get a rebound in stocks. And and you know, just I'll finish up here with this with stocks. This Snapchat move, I, I just think was very poorly orchestrated. The way they announced this at, uh, at at 5 Eastern time, 4 mm -hmm. Central, you know, mm -hmm. really no liquidity. You know we're dealing in a market where algos are really taking advantage of things. I think they did that because they you know, they knew it was bad news for them. This was discounted at things like Alphabet and Facebook and Netflix already. They did this so they could take down other markets with it. I think it was very poorly orchestrated. And so I, I think I just think unsavory overall. Interesting, interesting. Uh, lots to uh, dive into here, Bill. We appreciate you joining us here to help us do just that. Talking commodities across the board here uh, into some of what's been playing out here as far as that overnight activity with stocks, individual names here. Bill Baruch, President of Blue Line Futures, always a pleasure.